Welcome to Three, a show about Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. I'm Gil Gross, joined by my co-host Joel Drucker and Amy Lundy. And Joel, you made a very funny comment before we came on that our show was nearly amputated. Not in reality, but uh, Roger Federer's comments at a Swiss awards show, which uh, named him the athlete of the last 70 years, which seems like an arbitrary number, <laughs> but we'll ignore that part of it. Uh, but Federer is named the best athlete. And he said this thing that really scared a lot of Roger Federer fans. So first we're going to address that. And then we'll talk about Federer going to Australia, if he does, because it seems like it's a 50-50 proposition at the moment, even with uh, the Aussie being announced on February 8th. Here's what he said. He said, quote, I stand here tonight with an incredibly good feeling and share that with all of you. I hope there is still something to see from me next year. But if that was it, it would have been an incredible ending for me at these sports awards. Amy? Um, no, should... Roger. I, I He may have said that off the cuff and then maybe been one of those things or once it escaped his mouth, it, the implications of it, because he then went on to say that if for some reason he can't play Australia, the focus is the Olympics, which everybody's counting on him for that. He's been saying he wants to do it. Um, Wimbledon and the summer. So it doesn't really sound like a guy who is going to retire. It just sounds like something that he said that would be deferential, deferential to the people who were giving away the award, trying to be nice to them. Um, but my gut feeling tells me that if Ivan Lubacic says that Roger is in Dubai preparing for the Australian Open to try to do it, then that's what's happening and that he's going to try to play that slam. The next words out of Federer's mouth was, but it goes on. So I think okay. this there was a bit of a case of like, out of context, Twitter freakout quote. I now, <laughs> um, but you're right. The the news today it seems like Lubacic has confirmed that that Federer is going to train in Dubai. Um, so now we we do look ahead to the Australian Open. Federer's not retiring, so I think everyone can calm down about that. But it does seem he's behind schedule for for the Aussie. Well, he talked about his training and his practice and when he hits at something like if that would be a way to go and of course we he's he's monitored as like a like an infant you know between the social media and anything roger says he says but it goes on it's like oh good it's it's as opposed to that earlier comment made me think of that uh that movie i love so much a christmas story where the 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 um the neighboring dog destroys the turkey it's like oh my god our our Federer turkey our Federer sandwiches our Federer gravy gone gone roger oh my god <laughs> Like, and I don't think, and so he's kind of making this, this, this the Oracle, this sage comments like, okay, but it goes on. It's like, whew, okay. So, but it did hint at how wonder about how healthy he truly is, how fit he feels, what's going on. Or maybe he's engaging in a little, uh, a little Rafa bar setting. I mean, these guys are like public companies and we're kind of looking to set the stock. Remember what Federer in 2017 you remember how he said he was hoping to get to the quarters? You know, he's trying to just minimize the expectations and I'm going to be Roger, just let mm -hmm. me play and, and let me have a, and maybe be, be glad to have me, which we are. I mean, we're looking, we're so looking forward to seeing him back 
in action again. I mean, I've been watching some of these classic matches on Tennis Channel, the, the 2019 Wimbledon final, the 2019 Wimbledon semi, people at YouTube. I mean, people are like, you know, watching this guy like he's, a, he's, he's the, one of the Beatles. I also kind of think he was trying to compliment the award show. Yeah. I think that's kind of another way to look at this is what a high compliment is. If, if this is the last thing I do, I will be content. Right. So yeah, I, I, I don't think it's that, that big a deal. I think it was, was it a snub to the laureus people or, you know, the, oh, God. The sports awards, the international, the grand international sports awards of the year that go on, whatever, who knows. But Gil, the injury itself, can we talk for a second about that? It's, uh, it was originally a meniscus tear, correct? That he says that he tore when he was bathing his twins. And from what I've read, there were two this past year in 2020, or maybe it was I don't know when it was. Yeah, I guess it would be this past year. There were two surgeries, arthroscopic, which is the tiny scope with the tiny little to try to make the repairs. So, you know, one would hope that um, if they're doing the minimally invasive with the scope, that this injury could heal on its own and that it's really just a matter of his fitness because he holds himself to a very high standard when it comes to his fitness. I wonder if he's studying weather patterns in Australia. You know, one thing I need to do this is, oh, what's the weather like in February in Melbourne, how that's different and how that might affect things. I mean, I know, I know when he, in 2017, I remember talking about this with someone, he needed, he needed some help from the draw and both Novak and Murray lost, so that helped him. And he needed some help from the weather, and the weather was pretty cooperative. He got some help from the court because the court was pretty fast. So it's going to be interesting to see how these things line up this year. And this is also four years later as well. I also think that 2017 run um, came down to a, a mental – an unbelievable mindset that Federer was able to capture, which is – I have belief, but no expectation, no expectation for myself. And Joel, you mentioned a little bit earlier about bar setting and setting the bar low. Absolutely. You want to do that. Wasn't it uh, Djokovic's, uh, even Isovic said something about Novak before the French, that he's the favorite to beat Nadal in the French open. And everyone was like, what are you doing? Why would you say that? Well, of course, Federer is going to come in. To, to Australia and be like, I don't know if I'm healthy. Uh, I'm, I'm skeptical about this. I'm not saying he's lying, but he's not going to say, oh, I'm 100% and I'm expecting huge things. Uh, <laughs> I'm expecting a 2017-esque comeback, right? He's never going to say that. He didn't expect, he didn't say the 2017. And he had, he had a five-setter in the Shakur, he had a five-setter verdict, but in ways those guys, those guys were sort of easy for him to beat, even though it was over five sets wasn't like he had a demanding four-setter with Schwartzman on a 95-degree day. He, he navigated through his matches, and he was pleased to be playing good tennis. And you know whoever he plays in that first round in Australia, he will speak of in the highest regard. He could play any of us in that first round. So he says, well, you know, Gil Groves, a promising young player. He works very hard. I studied some videotapes, and, and I, I had him with me in Dubai last year. I mean, he's just going to 
every he's going to do it just you know we we know so well kind of the the playbooks these three run of how they're going to do things and Lubacek is going to speak very reverentially and and we'll we'll see though it is it is fascinating I mean this is four years later than 2017 and what his health is and 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 the back you know we don't even know what the state of Rogers back is that's something we haven't heard about and how that's going to be and and where his movement is going to be and all these little gears and levers that define his game that everyone so likes I mean there are a lot of a lot of parts and pieces that make the Nadal game not that I'm sorry the Federer game thrive that are different than the other two guys I mean Novak if Novak comes back from injury it's a little more we know what he needs to do to go about winning points successfully and it's fitness and it's movement but it's a lot of a lot of cross courts Roger it's a little different yeah, because he is a maestro at, you know, keeping the other guy on a string. But Roger himself has said many times that his game is built around his movement. And, you know, for this to be a knee injury, I can see where he would want it to be doggone near perfect um, so that he could then rebuild his movement and, and get it up to the place where he wants it to be. I mean, I, I think about the matches that he played in Australia this year in 2020, uh, the match against Millman, which was an absolute thriller, the match against Sangren, where Sangren had seven match points on him and Roger pulled it out. Um, he's got to be ready for that kind of thing. Oh yeah, right. Those are Houdini's. Those are some incredible escapes. And uh, the Sandgren one, he just conquered down. And he just kind of stopped missing. He just wasn't missing. And then he, okay, come, you, you beat me. I dare you. And he came up with some pretty good shots at some points, but mostly he, he hunkered down and it was kind of like, that was a little bit more of a, of a late stage, smart old player thing. That was a little different than let's say the 2017 title run of a dynamic Roger Federer, yeah. he's back. You missed him before. He's back with more, and he had the he he had the racket behaving. He had the resurgent backhand, the court positioning, and then he put together five of the most incredible games of his career to come back from Nadal in that fifth set in 2017. So it's even then the difference between 2017 and 2020 is a is a different Roger. Um, so again, we're all we're all very curious about the the 2021 Roger. And again, he hints at how he wants to be in shape for the Tokyo and the, and the Wimbledon. So he's trying to, he's trying to manage it. He's got to be a hundred percent, but it was so clear in last year's Aussie that he wasn't a hundred percent. And that's why he had to scrap and claw to get through guys like Millman and Sandgren. But I feel like what we, what we saw more broadly after, you know, distanced elapsed from that 2017 comeback. And it wasn't just Australia, you know, he, he came, came out of the gates, won Indian Wells and was just had an incredible start to the year. You lose in the final Miami. Um, he won Miami. He, he won Miami, he won Miami also. also. Okay. He won both. That's right. right. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, was on a tear. Yeah. Well, that's why I eventually reclaimed the number one ranking for a little bit um, subsequently, but not, not that year, but down the road, he wins Wimbledon without losing a set. I mean, no, the, the Roger, the Roger resurgence from January, 2017, um, through the Australian 2018, that's a remarkable period. And of course, that coincides per our three with the Novak wandering. You know, Novak yes. Wasn't, yes. wasn't playing his, his best tennis at all. He loses to Istamin in Australia. Uh, and he just has a lot of, lot of complications that affect his game. 
and Roger just steps right in there and swoops up three majors. But here's my question. Do you, would you agree that Roger was not able to bottle up that free flowing tennis uh, that came from this, this naturally occurring mentality of there's no pressure on me. I'm just coming back. I'm not supposed to win anything. Here I go. He was not able to recapture that, um, you know, for 2018, 2019 and beyond. And he started. Can any of us bottle that? Like we've all felt that where we were, for whatever reason, we're away from the game and then you pick up the racket again and you're, it's like a high, what it must be like to be on some opioid or something like that. Um, If, if a human being could bottle that, then, you know, they they would take over the world. Um, But the question, I think the more pertinent question is, Will he have it again? Exactly. You know, will, well, will he have it just naturally occurring? Joel, remember the 2017 video that Roger put on Periscope or whatever, and it broke the internet? It was him practicing in Dubai after he had been away from the game, and he was like a little boy. And we all wanted to do the little dynamic warm-up that he was doing, and everybody was just giddy with excitement just to see him out there again. Will we have that again one more time? He missed the, yeah, it was the missing the last half of 2016. And then he does this off-season video. Yeah, Amy, you and I talked about it at length. It was quite, it was probably more watched than a lot of matches. And then he has the 17. I think it wasn't so much, Gil, about bottling as much as sustaining. And he goes through 2017. He wins the Aussie in 18. And I think if you want to look for a kind of, you know, look, the other guys are catching up. You're no longer, it's, it's not like the thing, not bad for the layoff, you know, and again, per Amy's thing at our civilian level, way down the chain. Yeah. You go a few days or weeks without playing first time back. Hey, not bad. Then the second time, Oh, the expectations of how I ought to be playing. And so for Roger world-class level, look by Wimbledon 2018, he has the frustrating loss to Kevin Anderson, two sets to love up and match point. The, um, so you begin to see, kind of Roger to kind of the, uh, the human, you know, he, oh, right. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm supposed to be in my late thirties now and things are starting to happen. The, the Millman loss at the U S open on the incredibly oppressive evening where the weather is just, you know, completely debilitating for Roger. And then, and then of course, I think the, the, the thing that he'll carry will be the, um, the Wimbledon 2019 final right? oh. where, where, right. yeah. well, and him and, and him and Novak, and, and there it is yet more. So I don't think it's about bottling. I think it's about sustaining and aging. And the other guys, okay, Roger, yeah, we remember you. And, and, and remember, think how, how Novak regained his mojo starting with Wimbledon 2018. Can so, it be sustained, though? Amy just said, so Roger comes in, and he gets to play underdog. He gets to go Australia 2017. He's the 17 seed, and he gets to he gets to walk on the court and say, "This is my first tournament back. Uh, I'm the underdog. I don't. I'm not supposed to win." That is something. Uh, as Amy said, you can't pretend to be the underdog if you're not right. So right. that's my follow up. Is, is that possible to sustain that? Well, now you just become the guy. You're the winning guy. You're not. You can't sustain being an underdog. You know right. what I mean? You can't. You can't be a perpetual walk-on. You're, you're, <laughs> you're on the varsity now. The problem the is he, he did it once, 
we saw him do it that year and come back. Like you can Google Roger Federer retirement 2015, Roger Federer. The articles, I mean, the, the, the world was ready for this guy to retire and then well, for him, him to come back um, and surprise everybody and, and bring this joy and this lightness and this passion. Now on the basis of that, do we expect him to do it again? And does he expect to have that same is that is that um are those conditions and those circumstances repeatable but it's not about i think it's not about outcomes and i think one of the things to look at all all three of our guys and this is kind of the the lesson for people who watch the game and for people who play the game is about process you know it's like when federer came when federer won wimbledon in 2012 i spent five years four plus years talking to people and having to say can federer win another major can federer win another major and i said the question is not can he win another major, what needs to happen for him to not win another major? And as he got older, he made technical improvements, he made equipment, he, the draw helped him in 2017. So I think, I think the question is more like, what, what's going on with Federer? What are we seeing with Federer? What, what occurs with Federer rather than to kind of like forecast him? And, and can yeah. he yet do it again? But the question is, can he, what's it gonna look like for him? And again, and these other guys are nobody's fool. You know, they're, they, they know how, they know how good he is, but they know how you know, 39, I mean, those four years between 35 and 39 is a big deal. Like for example, in 2016, when he had that time off after he lost to Raonic in the Wimbledon semis, anyone who thought Federer was going to retire after that, I think was an idiot. If they wrote that, if they wrote that story that they think Roger's going to retire after the stability in 2016, anyone who knew the game knew that at 35 with his fitness and Arsenal and all the things he had in place, Roger Federer was going to play some more tennis. That he was going to win three majors in a year and a half, that was surprising. But <laughs> to continue to compete and play, no question. Now, 39, Olympics, 2020, pandemic. Now it's kind of a little, a little, a very different, you know, 35 to 39, that's a very different set of years. Well, Joel, you raise an excellent point. He had to make some technical adjustments. Does he now, again, need to make adjustments to his he's game? With a um, he's he's going to play with a, a, a weed. He's going to walk out with the with the racket that you see on Sunday morning, and he's going to have well, knee I mean, braces. From a, from a kind of a data perspective, um, when I talk to the coaches that are into this kind of thing, there's this, this um, feeling, this overriding feeling that return is emerging as the, the, the king. The return is becoming king. It's so important, maybe even more important than serve right now in the current status of the game. So we know that Roger Federer is one of the greatest servers, spot servers, just in general, just based on service games one and that kind of thing. Um, does he need to work more on return to be more in line with the current circumstances of the game? That's a great question. I'll give you what I think is an answer. I think First of all, he doesn't need to do it to be more in line. It's not to be in line with where the game is. I see, I, I'm fascinated. I can see what you mean about the return of the pro game. But I think for Federer, okay, the older you get, the more you want to create ways to make points go shorter, not longer. So maybe does he look to return yet more dynamically, whether it's with his forehand, whether it's the return of the saber a little bit more, some ways that are different than the Roger we know, which is his return model is I'm going to, I'm going to, 
block it and play. You're not serving and volleying on me anyway. I'm going to block it. I'm going to neutralize it. You know, he's, he's probably not as assertive a returner as Novak. You know, Novak gets significant depth. Roger, it's kind of like, I'm going to get into play to a reasonably comfortable spot, but I'm Roger Federer. Once you get in the rallies, he you know, I dare you to blow me away. Right. Keeps it low, kind of the chip, the block. You know, kind of a little, so maybe, maybe the, the thing has been, hmm, maybe do second serves give us an opportunity to be a little more dynamic, to, to shorten point length, to shorten match length, hold, you know, maybe hold instead of 89%, you hold 94%, you know, that too, because he is a great hold, right? So maybe that's it. That's I don't know, fascinating. What do you guys think? No, I, I agree. Now, I, I will say that if you go back and you watch his his matches with Nadal, both in the final of the Aussie in 2017 and especially their Indian Wells match in 2017, which was a blowout for Roger. Yeah. Watch how he was returning Nadal's wide serve, especially on the ad side. He was absolutely smoking it and he was not slicing it. He was taking it early, which was just an overall kind of adjustment was he he took the backhand earlier and he hit it flatter in 2017. So yep. I, I think but I think that's that's a really good that's a really good idea for him if you're gonna say, okay, where can Feder progress technically and and tactically, the return is probably a good place to start, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I was point. at that Indian Wells match, slowest hard courts in the world. And Roger, then yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take it to this guy and kind of and and he he beat Nadal in Australia. And the last thing I want to do is get in a in a long rally with this guy hitting top spin cross court forehands to my one handed backhand. So let's you know, like I was taught the second serve or even the serve, it's a short ball. It's inside the service line. So go after it. It's it's arguably an approach shot opportunity if you if you know what you're doing and you can make the proper anticipatory guesses. So maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe you're, I think you're onto something, Amy, with the, with the turn being the kind of the, the point of entry for Roger. Yeah. And, and that's maybe what, what's happening is that's where the men at least are and, and to the, the women to it, to some extent, that's where they are taking control of the point. So, um, you know, you mentioned something about does Roger now try to play shorter points? My personal opinion once you as a player start trying to play shorter points saying in your head okay i'm going to try to put this away quicker that's when you're cooked but the good news is i think for for federer fans i think roger knows that totally based on something i said several podcasts ago he i asked him about playing shorter points in a press conference and he said yes i like to play shorter points that's my style however you must always be willing to play the longer point well, so it's that, that willingness mm-hmm. and he knows that he's very smart uh, in that regard yeah, yeah there's pretty good ground strokes you know it's like he's not he's not having to excessively hasten them but there is this thing he needs to do to um to properly look for ways to do that certain inroads that doesn't mean you try to take stupid cuts at first serve returns that doesn't mean you try to hit winners but yeah it's kind of this whole nuances of of the game that's what makes these guys so interesting how they sharpen and refine and improve and in a way how they they push each other and then that pushes the whole game the all ships rise mm-hmm. 
It is remarkable that that we're having this conversation, though, about, you know, still coming off a surgery at 39 years old, we're still saying, okay, how can he improve? What needs to happen for him to to remain competitive? But what I kind of say about this whole situation, and I, I get this question, it, it everyone in tennis media is constantly getting this question. Can Roger win another? Can he win another? Last time we saw him play, he was in the semifinals in Australia at 80%. Before that, the year before, he had a match point in the Wimbledon final. So all he needs to do is, I'll use the word that you used earlier, Joel, all he needs to do is sustain and stay in the mix, and, and he's right there. And that's great news. What is it going to be? Who knows? Can he do it? Who knows? But I'm looking at this situation as I'm going to give Roger the benefit of the doubt heading into 2021 because he deserves that based on last time we saw him on the court. But the performance is there. Tell your friends, Gil, who asked you that question, that they're asking you the wrong question. And the question is, what needs to happen for him to win one? Can he win one is an outcome question that nobody knows the answer to. What occurs is the, is the fun question, you know, how it goes on and what that, that's where we come in. You know, tell it, we, uh, you know, yeah, my tennis buddies, can he win one? Like, like they're going to the, like they're going to Las Vegas and they want to know to how much they should put down on it. Can, yeah, whatever. But how, what, how, what goes on? And that's kind of interesting. I mean, and, and we'll see, and people will be looking and it's like, it's God, we see a, a practice video, a practice picture. Yeah, that video a few years ago was just magnificent. That was like one of the greatest things ever to see Roger looking like a 14 year old throwing oh, the ball around. And I'm jonesing that was... for that again. I mean, after this pandemic, I could use me some of that. <laughs> well, and, and, and also, and, and per the pandemic, remember, nobody else has gotten that much sharper either, even though people got the chance to play some this fall. So in a way, People are taking time away from the game. They can't play. You know, they they weren't able to build. You know, Tsitsipas missed out on 25 matches last year. You know, 25 plate appearances to to sharpen and try to get yet better. He didn't have that. He didn't have as many. Bingo. A lot. Everyone yeah. talked about how the, this pandemic is horrible for the old guys. No, the the it's horrible for the young guys. This is their time right. to develop. Yeah. Right. Good so point. they missed out. They had. They're they're like. They're like students who have semesters, uh, you know, interrupted, like like you, Gil, right? Remote yeah. learning. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. A little harder to do if you're a competitive athlete, though. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm glad that uh, we got Federer his his airtime because he hasn't been playing, and a lot of our talk has been about Djokovic and Nadal. It is good to to bring in the third member of our big three on today's episode of Three. Remember to like the video, subscribe, leave a comment on YouTube. We're available on all podcast platforms. Leave a rating and review on iTunes. That is always greatly appreciated. And we will see you next time on the next episode of 3.